0: are today faithful um, standing firm in the faith and so then I go on to study the Bible right at the end of my eighth grade year, I'm like man I want to study the Bible I'm I'm, I'm like I'm doing some crazy stuff I want to change so I studied the Bible and on September 8th the Sunday before I start high school I get baptized and so that's kind of where my journey with God started and so when we first become Christians, it's the best feeling ever. We're fired up, and We're excited. We're fearless. I mean, at least how I feel. I don't know if you guys can relate. I was like, all oh, my sins are forgiven. I'm ready to go. Like, let's get it. I'm ready to take on the entire world. That, that, that's just how I am. Maybe, maybe you guys are not there. I don't know. Um, amen. Thank you, Don. Um, so as time goes on, though, you know, we begin to face different trials. Family. Friendships. Health. Our job, our marriage. I'm not married, but you know what I mean. Our children. I also don't have children, but still. And I could be here all day, right? And so as we begin to face these challenges, two things begin to happen. Either your faith in God deepens, or your fear of trusting him begins to take over. And so I know for myself, when I was younger, like I said, I was fired up. I got the privilege of going to high school with two of my best friends, Ozzy and Brian. It was like Meshach, Shadrach, and the Bendigo, man. We, were, we, were, we, we all got baptized. We were walking onto our captives like we were ready to take over. We had our Bible talk. We were there fearless. Fearless. We were like, man, like, there's nothing that we can't do. Into the fiery furnace we go. We will not bow to nobody but God. We are more than conquerors. If God is for us, who could be against us? That's where we were at, right? But you know what? That didn't last all that long for Vic. Um, Midway through my high school, midway through high school, um, we lost a really close friend of ours. Um, His name was Justin, and uh, uh, he had suddenly passed away in a motorcycle accident. And um, if I'm completely honest with you guys, I don't think not until about a year ago that I realized how much his death had really affected me. And... Little by little, a couple months later, my grandpa had passed, and then after that, one of my best friends' mom had passed from cancer. And so I became angry, right? Became fearful of trusting God. So I began to put him on the shelf, Say, "God, you know what? I'll let you in certain parts of my life, but it just seems like you don't really know how to handle this mess. So I'm going to take care of some of it myself." And so I knew He was powerful, but I was too angry. To really let him into my heart. And in my head, I constantly asked myself, why couldn't you have let him live longer? Why, couldn't he, why did you have to let him leave? He was still so young. Why did you have to do What was the point? And so, in me making that decision to place God on the shelf, it affected my family and my friends. And so many times we make decisions thinking that they only affect us. I made the decision. Well, then it ought to only affect me. Unfortunately, that's not how it goes. In the wake of the storm, in the midst of our decisions lies our families and our friends. And in in, in my decision, I affected everybody around me. My mom, my dad, my little sister, my friends. And it was all because I chose to react in fear and not act in faith. I had lost faith that God truly had plans to prosper me and not to harm me. But you know what? Thankfully... God is more faithful than we could ever be. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen? And so in Psalm 73, get my clicker out, hold on. Yes. yes, all right, cool. It says, Psalm 73 says, Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you will take me into glory. I love this scripture, and I am grateful that God did not let me go this whole time. In the midst of everything that was happening and, And even just in this past year, I came to learn this. And if there's anything that you walk away with today, let it be this. The absence of God leaves one dominated by fear. But intimacy with God only increases one's faith. The absence of God leaves us dominated by our fears. But when we're close to him... The only thing that can really happen is our faith in Him just grows, right? Today we're going to be reading out of 1 Samuel chapter seventeen, verse thirty-two, the infamous story of David and Goliath. And uh, so, before we hop into this part, uh, if you guys haven't heard this story, uh, maybe you heard the phrase David and Goliath. But what's happening is that we have the Philistine army on one hilltop, and we have the Israelites on the other. And then we got Goliath, what what the Bible describes as a champion, as a giant, as a 9-foot-6-inch warrior wearing 125 pounds of armor, yelling and shouting. He's yelling and shouting at the top of his lungs towards towards the Israelite army. He's like, come at me. Come at me. There's nothing that your God can do against me. And then we have Saul, the leader of the army and the Israelites themselves, who the Bible says were dismayed. They were terrified of this guy. And then we have David, the tender little teenager who was, a shepherding, he, he, he was shepherding his dad's sheep while this whole thing was going on. Um, and so for 40 days, right, Goliath is going up, and he's yelling, and he's screaming, and nothing's happening. Nothing's being done. But on that 40th day, David's dad happened to ask him for a favor. And he's like, hey, David. He's like, well, yes, dad. What, what's up? He's like, yo, man, listen. I want you to check on your brothers, Okay. And I want you to take these cheeses with you and go give it to him, you know. So David's like, all right, I'll take the cheese and then I'll go. And so then David wakes up early morning. He handles his business and he grabs the cheese and he grabs the sheep. The, he grabs the cheese and he takes off, right? Um, and as he's walking up there with the soldiers, um, he hears what the Bible describes as Goliath's defiances. And while everyone else is scared, David's looking around like he's like holding his cheese and he's like. Do you guys hear this, man? Am I tripping? Or, or do you guys hear this guy defying the armies of God? And then David's oldest brother here, he's just like, Dude, what are you doing? Man, go home. You can see the little brat. Dude, you're just trying to be noisy, man. Go home. And David's like, Man, you're tripping, man, with your scary stuff, man. Is somebody going to do something? Or am I going to have to step up? And so then Saul, right? Saul hears him. So we pick him in verse 32. It says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine to fight. You were only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Fierce, right? Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. The uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Then he says this. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. I mean, can you imagine this scene? Everyone... Everyone is scared. The captain is scared. Everyone besides David. There was something that made David different than everybody else. And and, and if you imagine, like he's walking up, through, he's probably got all like like this linen on him, and he's like probably all dirty from running around. He probably smells like stinky cheese because even sweating and running through the desert. You know what I'm saying? But that's not what made him different. It wasn't his physique. It wasn't his smell. It was that David chose faith over fear. The question is, what made David choose faith over fear? And so that leads us to our first point today. Faith is the byproduct of a close relationship with God. See, everyone was dismayed and terrified, everyone but David. Let's reread uh, verse 37. He says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Not everyone can face a Goliath the way David did. He walked up there confident and fearless. And so to understand how we did it, we have to understand where he was coming from. So you think about up until that point when he went onto that hill, who was David really with all the time? He was by himself, with the sheep and with God. His brothers were off fighting and David was where? By himself, with his sheep, and God. That was it. And David's time was consumed by God. All his time, all his thoughts were about God. His main priority was pleasing God. And his time alone, who did he spend it with? With God. What was he doing? He was probably praying. He was writing psalms. He was reading his Bible. He was in constant communion with God. What consumes our time today? What consumes your time today when you're alone? In today's society, we are consumed by the media. We wake up and our phones are just blowing up. Crazy stuff. Whatever you, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest. At, at least I wake up to a bunch of Pinterest like notifications. <laughs> maybe, but maybe it's not that. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your money. You can name it. But in this episode of David, he was not consumed by what was going on around him. He didn't care that everybody else was scared because David was consumed by God. And I love this part because he says, the Lord who rescued me will rescue me again. Like that song we were just singing, he will do it again. David remembered what God had done for him and he was confident that he would rescue him again. He remembered that God had got him, God had taken care of him against the bears. He had taken care of him against the lions. And he had relied on God for those things. How do you rely? Who do you rely on when you're facing the bears and the lions in your life? Who do you run to? What are your habits you run to when you're coping with fear? My, my coach used to tell us this all the time. The game is one at practice. The game is one at practice. Practice? We're talking about practice? practice? Yes, we're talking about practice. The game was one at practice. And what he meant by that was that what you're doing at, at, at practice is what you're going to do in the game. When we, what do we spend our time doing when we are alone? On, what we spend doing our time doing alone will determine how we react when we are faced with fear. If we spend our time being consumed by the things around us, when fear comes, that's the things we're going to run to. If we spend our time being consumed by God... When things get tough, God will seem like the only option to run to. David's closeness to God had caused him to act in faith. And his faith had inspired the men behind him. Whether we act in faith or we act in fear, it will transmit to those around you. Okay, I'll say that again. Whether we act in faith or whether we act in fear, it will transmit to the people around you. When people spend time with you, what do they leave feeling like? More fearful or more faithful? Seriously. I know when I, was, when I, when I had chosen to put God aside, I would leave the house, and my mom was scared. Because she's like, is he going to come back? Is he going to be okay? Why is he so upset? Fear. Or faith. Our faith reflects our relationship with God kind of wrote them down in case you guys missed them but you know what guys David was human just like us and we always hear about this story like David and Goliath he defeated him he calmly cut his head off and they were like yeah and although he was full of faith there was times when that wasn't the case and that can be like that at least for me it can be like that I don't know about you guys I know for me it can be like that you guys with me on this all right And that leads us to our second point. Reacting in fear removes God from the equation. We're going to go into 1 Samuel chapter 22 right now. And uh, before we go in there, it's been a couple years, right? David defeated Goliath, and it's been a couple years since then. And so fast forward a few chapters, and and David's been on a bunch of campaigns. He joins the army. They love him. He's, He's winning battle after battle after battle. And the people are chanting his name. But in chapter 22, we find David on the run from the same guy who asked him to slay Goliath, Saul. And so he runs. He's running away, and he happens to run into this place uh, of worship where he runs into Ahimelech. Ahimelech was a priest, and his priestly duties, he was, he was just doing his thing, like just taking care of the tabernacle and, you know, priest, I don't know, priest stuff. Um And so he runs in there, right? And then Ahimelech's like, dude, what the heck are you doing here, bro? Like, who's behind you, bro? Like, you know, he knows David. David's the warrior, right? And David's looking scared. So we keep going, and David's like, listen, man, I don't got time. Like, bro, you got some food? And he's like, I don't have any food. I have the consecrated bread, but you know that's only for for the priests. And David's like, oh, that's right. Like, I'll take it. And, And Ahimelech, for the sake of helping him out, he gives him the bread, eats the bread. And in that moment, that was huge. That was huge because in that moment, David compromised. Out of his fear, he compromised. And what happens when we compromise? We end up compromising again and then again. And so one, we just hit a wall and God's like, either you turn around or this is on you, man. And so David's like, dude, just give me the bread, bro. It's all good and he eats the bread he's like by the way do you have a sword or something he's like where's your sword oh yeah like uh, about that and he goes in to tell this huge lie he tells him I'm like dude I'm actually here because I'm on a secret mission Saul he sent me on this secret mission he can't tell nobody because it's a secret and uh, my, 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 my weapons oh yeah like it was super urgent so I had to leave him at home and my guys I just told him to go over there and Ahimele's like alright man like you can take the sword you can take the food like, like for sure and David's like alright cool man well I'll see you later and so David runs again And then we hop into 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 17. It says, Then the king ordered the guards at his side, Turn and kill the priest of the Lord, because they too have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me, but the king's officials were unwilling to raise a hand to strike the priest. The king then ordered Doeg, You turn and strike down the priest. And so Doeg the Edomite turned and struck them down. That day, he killed 85 men who wore the linen ephod. He also put the sword knob, the town of the priest, with its men and women, its children and infants, and its cattle, donkeys, and sheep. Ahimelech was innocent. All these people were innocent. They had no idea that David was lying. And this was a consequence of David acting in fear. But David lied out of fear, right? I mean, that's what happened. And his fears were completely valid. I mean, think about it. Saul, someone, he, someone that David probably looked up to, admired, was trying to kill him. Someone he trusted. David was also alone. He had, all his friends had abandoned him. He was, he was on the run. And he had a whole nation trying to kill him. And he had nowhere to go. I mean, it made sense that he felt fear, right? I mean, I would have felt fear. Would you guys have felt fear? I mean, I know, like, when growing up, my mom would come after me with the chocolate or the builder. I was scared. You know what I'm saying? I was scared. David's fears made sense. And many times, our fears are understandable. You know, we've, maybe we've been through a tough time in our life. Maybe people have failed us. And so we have these, these, these this, this trouble trusting people. I know I do, and, and I've hurt people because of that. But it's not whether our fears are valid or not. It's not whether our fears make sense or not. It's about acting in faith and trusting God. Man's wisdom is not God's wisdom. God sees our fears and he says, yeah, that makes sense. I hear you and I feel for you. But have I ever done something to make you think that I won't be there for you anymore? What have I done to make you think that? See, fear in itself is not bad. I'm not saying fear is bad. Fear is is something that helps to stay away from danger. It keeps, you know, for some people, some people just are fearless and they just do crazy stuff. But the presence of fear creates an opportunity for courage. The presence of fear creates an opportunity for courage. A really great friend of mine put me onto this quote right here. By Nelson, oh wait, no, it's not it. There it is. By Nelson Mandela, it says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. David had fear. But in this situation, it had caused him to act away from God and not trust God. In this first situation, he trusts God. And he believes that he's going to rescue him, just like he rescued him before. And here, God, David doesn't even mention God once. And look what the consequences were because David chose to act in fear. 85 innocent men. And it's the same David. We're talking about the same character, but there's two different things that happen here. In the first episode, David trusted God. And he was faithful. And he remembered what God had done. But here, it seems that he forgot. Our fear can cause us to make desperate decisions instead of going to God. Yeah. David was desperate. Yeah. He was desperate. He was scared. And instead of going to God, he took matters into his own hands. So much so that 85 innocent men were killed. And on top of that, their, 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 their wives and their daughters and their sons and their whole town. Acting in I'm not. I'm not saying if you act in fear, like people are going to die. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying here is that fear has consequences. Acting in fear has consequences. Acting in fear is so selfish. Because David was only thinking about himself and finding himself to stay through, which makes sense, again. But when we act in fear, we only think about ourselves. And when we trust God, God's in control. And God God thinks about everybody else. Look what happened when David chose faith. He inspired the man behind him. And when he chose fear... People were were killed because of it. How we react to fear determines whether we let God be a part of the equation or not. Many times we think that the decisions only affect us, like I said. It's selfish. Earlier, I was talking about how I made a decision to put God on the shelf. And it genuinely did hurt a lot of people. I know my mom was in in, in constant distress because it seemed like I had lost my mind. I wasn't going to church. I was angry all the time, angry. I I was constantly fighting with my dad. Every time I was home, me and my dad were fighting. And then after our fight, I would just leave. My little sister, it broke her heart to see her big brother constantly crying, constantly angry, constantly fighting with her mom and dad. It hurt some of my best friends. People who loved me and wanted to be there for me, I pushed them away. They would text me, they would call me. Some of them even came to visit me at Starbucks. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy. And. A lot of times, again, we get consumed by our fear, and that's what happened to David this episode. His fear led to people getting hurt, people dying. In the midst of all of this happening, I lost one of my best friends because of how I hurt them. I was so consumed by by what I wanted when it came to our relationship, that I ended up hurting her. I think there's so much that for a period in her life, she wanted to walk away from God. And I'm going to say it, it hurt a lot to do. Again, it was because I chose to act in fear. And that's the truth of it. That's what happens. This David was a very different David from the one we read about earlier. And the victor that was going through stuff this past year or two was a different victor than when he first got baptized. I had, I had thought, man, I was rooted in God, man. Can't nothing stop me. But what happened? Vic, what happened to hashtag off for the Lord, Vic? What happened to that, Vic? What happened to, can't nobody touch us, Vic? Can't nobody, can, can't nobody stop us when we've got God? I forgot about God. And so had David. But had, God, had God's promises changed? No, they never changed. They, God had told David himself, I'm going to make you king. What did that mean? That he was going to be king. Nobody was going to touch him. Nobody was going to get in the way because God said it. And hasn't God promised us the same thing? That if we call him our refuge, that no harm will overtake us? That he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us? Is that not good enough? David was no longer consumed by God. He had been consumed by fear. His focus wasn't on God. It was on the situation that was going on around him. That happened to me. But can't that happen to all of us? God promises that he'll be there, that he gives good things, that he has the best in store. We forget. This time, David ran away from God instead of running to God. What do you do, and what do you run to when you're feeling scared? I know for me, when I'm feeling scared, my instinct is, I'm going to get angry. If I'm angry, I don't feel anything else, and nothing else matters, I'm just angry. I'm going to just listen to Kendrick Lamar. That's it. That's how I cope with my feelings. That's the truth. Turn that mess on and just drive. Or maybe I'll just watch Netflix all day. Or I'll sleep. Maybe it's impurity. Maybe it's impure relationships. Maybe you isolate yourself. Only you and God know what you run to. But when we act in faith, when we are close to God, He is the one we run to. Because we are confident that He will deliver us again. Look at the impact David Spirit had on people. What kind of impact are you having on people? On your wife, on your husband, on your kids, the people like your work. What do you give off? The moment here's those points again. The moment we begin to act in fear is the moment we begin to forget about the cross. Honestly, it's even hard saying that. But when you think about it, that's what our actions are showing. We think that him dying on the cross and everything he went through was not enough for us to not live in fear anymore. But that's not what happened. Jesus died, so we no longer have to be enslaved to fear and sin. When we live in fear rather than faith, we are saying that the cross wasn't enough. But we must remember that Jesus died so we can be free. And out of that freedom... Impact the people around us. Out of that freedom, make a difference wherever we live and wherever we go. God could be trying to use us. But because we let our fear hold us back, he's not able to. And so today, my question for, for us today as we leave is which will you choose? To act in faith or to act in fear? I've been waiting for this the whole week. Ready? Your move. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Uh, So as we finish up here, guys, I I wrote some points here. So we all as a family can work on these things. Because as a family, as a church, we want to keep God the anchor, right? And we want to be able to reflect the fullness of Christ. And it's only by being close to God. And so my first point as we leave today is to make your relationship with God your priority. Above all things, be devoted to him. Let your alone time be consumed by God the way David did. Spend intentional alone time with God. And be, be intentional. God, God, is, God, is, God is, Jesus is your best friend. He died for you. You don't think he deserves like, like, like our whole heart? I, w- I would hope so. And so make time to be alone with God. Whatever that means to you, go and do it. That means going in the backyard or going in the bathroom. I don't know. Just be alone with God. Spend time alone with God. Third, what areas are you acting in fear instead of faith? Maybe you came today and you've been going through some situations. You've been battling with some things. Are you acting in fear or are you acting in faith? And if you're acting in fear, well, remember that God is gracious and he's there for you. And that Jesus already died. So there's an opportunity for you to grow and to trust him when it comes to those things. And then fourth, it's a question for you guys to think about is, do you create an environment of fear or faith in your home, in your classrooms, when you're giving people rides home? Do you create an environment of fear or of faith? Amen. But that's it, guys. I love you guys.